This is Mercy Harper, writer for Research Services at APQC. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to APQC Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, I'm here with Tim Ersinger, co-founder and CEO of Live Sciences, to talk about autonomous teams. Welcome to the podcast, Tim. Thanks a lot for the invite, Mercy. Pleasure to be here. So in our recent research on strategic planning and organizational agility, we identified decentralized problem solving as a key enabler. And of course, one way to enable decentralized problem solving in the business is through autonomous teams. And for anyone who's listening who's new to this concept, autonomous teams are teams that have the freedom to set their own internal goals and workways. In other words, they're self-managing. And at APQC, we've seen a lot of organizations do this successfully for things like digital transformation. And about 90% of the companies that participated in our recent research said that they do have autonomous teams in at least some capacity in the business. But still, we know that there's a lot of questions about the what, how, and why of autonomous teams. And that's why we've invited Tim on today. So, Tim, could you first tell us a little bit about yourself and your experiences with autonomous teams? Sure. So, I'm um, coming from the big pharma industry. So, I started my, my career there. Um, back in the days, like 15 years ago, there was nothing like self-managing autonomous teams in the pharma industry. It was all fairly regulated and structured and, you know, these, these kind of typical process-driven organizations. And then um, I guess for the past yeah, bit more than a decade doing consultancy work, I was always interested in, in the people side of things, in organizational development, these kind of topics. And kind of naturally when with a few friends, I created a company, Life Sciences, as you said, some five years back, we looked into something that is called a teal organization. So the book Reinventing Organizations by Frederick Laloux, some might have uh, read. So there's, uh, there's some ideas around a teal company or teal concept. And what it really is, it's, it's around first of all, a bit more purpose-driven companies, then a bit more um, whole human approach to, to the whole um, kind of team and how we look at leadership and all that. And the third part is self-management. And that is where we talk about autonomous teams, of course, for us. So for us as a company, we go, I guess, quite far. We, we, we do set our objectives ourselves, not even on a team level necessarily. Everyone just does what, what feels right and was kind of in the direction of the purpose in a way up to a point where we have self-set salaries. So everyone's defining their salary themselves completely free range. There, there's no limits, there's no criteria. There's a bit of a conversation about it, of course, but there, there's, there's nothing like a veto option. If Mercy thinks she's worth X amount of money, I can't veto against that. It, it's just what it is, right? We, we do have conversations about it, which is interesting. Anyway, so that's, that's the more radical end of autonomous or self-managing teams, I guess. And then obviously in the, in the consultancy, um, profession there there's that part where we do work with companies that that you describe where they have some kind of autonomous self-managing teams in some kind of capacity but usually not like across the board and i think what is what is interesting about autonomous teams just talking about ourselves and, and my own experience coming from consultancy and pharma which is anything but autonomous at, at least at that point in time um which is it's not always helpful it hasn't been helpful for us even uh in 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 in, in all of the different instances and um I think it's it's great for innovation. It's great for uh, accountability. It's great for driving things forward. Consultants are anyway, relatively self-reliant. If you're working with with clients, it's a good bunch, I think, to experiment with autonomous teams. Hmm. And then there's the other side where, I'd say, three years ago now, we had a time where the first quarter wasn't great from a business perspective. Right, the the cash flow looked not so good. Uh, results were rather in the red area, so not not 
not great at all. And at the same time, pipeline, everything looked, looked promising. So, and I made a conversation with the company about just that one question. What do you think is the likelihood to get fired based on economical decisions? And it was somewhere between zero and 50%. So some people said, oh, all good, there's enough confidence. And some said it's like 50-50 that I lose my job tomorrow. Um, and then we spent like, I don't know, six to eight weeks discussing that stuff. And I was like, well, maybe you should rather get going instead of discussing <laughs> what we see in the bloody numbers, right? Um, so there was one example, there's an autonomous thing there. I don't know if that was really efficient. It certainly was not effective. Um, and, and that was where I guess my, my own um, kind of more hierarchical um, energies jumped in. Um, but, but, you know, usually I'd say for, for many, many uh, things, it is good because again, it's driving innovation, it's driving that I bring in my, my ideas. It's, it's actually just creating that drive and motivation in many ways as well, I would say. Right. And that makes sense. Um, so I think that kind of rolls right into my next question about where autonomous teams should be deployed um, in the business. And we've seen a lot of organizations start with digital transformation as kind of their starting point. What are, what are some of your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's an, it's an interesting question. Um, uh, we've, we've also seen it mostly in the digital space or in, in a space where you need a lot of innovation, where everyone knows, well, either we move the needle here or we don't go far anyway. So that's, that's typically in the digital space, for example. Um, the difficulty there is how can you create an island, kind of an autonomous island within a bigger corporation that works differently? And, and I think that's incredibly difficult because you always depend on, on, on some of the other parts of the organization, depend on budgeting, on, on decision-making, on some kind of executive team, committees, whatever. So I think it, it's a difficult one. I would always advocate for, obviously not tomorrow, but in, a, in an iterative or in an, in an incremental process to, to think about deploying autonomous teams everywhere kind of acknowledging that we are all adults, we're all grown up, we're all able to take our decisions, at least in private life we do every day. And most of us do fairly well with house and kids and getting married and getting a dog or whatever, right? So, so, we, so we take these big decisions and just in business we don't do. So I think we are capable of that. Um, and obviously it's easier to have that kind of homogeneous setup compared to I just have it here and I don't right. have it there. Um, but then again, you, you need to start somewhere. And I'd say indeed where you move into complex space. So you don't have all the answers. You've not done it before. Maybe you, it, it's just that complex system that you're operating in. Every time you're entering a complex system, I think it makes a lot of sense to go for autonomous teams. Less so in the, the kind of way where it's maybe complicated, but it's a structured process and right. you really know what, what, you're, what you're up against. Yeah. Awesome, thank you. So what are some of the keys to success you would say with um autonomous teams um, and maybe you could speak like a little bit from the CEO perspective but also from the you know a little bit of the perspective of like being on an autonomous team within the business mm. I mean from a CEO perspective obviously what, what people always tell you is you need to let go em empower the team you need to you know create that autonomous team via empowering them um, I think that's only one part of the coin uh, empowering people letting go requires that somebody else is taking up the ball because otherwise it's just dropping and that's usually not helpful either, right? So how, how do you create that space where people actually take the accountability, where you enable them in a way where you say, well, first step, you're allowed to, you may take that power or that decision power, for example. Um, second question is, are you willing to? Because not everyone actually wants to have that much accountability in, in, in some of their jobs, right? There's also certain exposure coming with it, probably a felt sense of less security and all that. And then there's the third question, which is, do you have the right skills? So how do I enable the team via capability building, for example, 
I mean, I've, I've done that stuff for a while now, while some of the others do consultancy for three weeks now. Right? So how are they supposed to interpret certain things the same way that I do? So that's one thing I would say. Um, think about the other side as well. Not only letting go, but also how do you build the capability in the team and, and also the accountability. And then the other thing, obviously, is, is especially if we talk bigger corporations or bigger organizations, that like, well, you need to have some strong backing from the top executive management, top leadership, um, creating an autonomous team with a CEO like, like me, who's like, I want to control everything. I want to know every little detail is just going to be incredibly <laughs> difficult. Um, so that's, that's then really tough. So there's, there's that part where you need to get them on board. And then, then obviously it's, it's also a transformation journey. We are talking a lot about the outer part of the transformation structures, processes, governance, how do we work as a team and that kind of stuff. We rarely talk about the inner journey that's needed for that as well. Right? Mm. Do I feel comfortable? What are my values? What are the behaviors that I want to develop and, and all these kind of things. So I think that's also key to success, just giving balance to both aspects or to both dimensions in a way. You mentioned a little bit about um, capability building and, and behave, desired behaviors. Could you speak a little bit more about what you see as the sort of like skills-based keys to success? for autonomous mm. teams. Sure, so so one thing we do, and, and quite frankly, we didn't come up with that. There's, there's some other company here in, in Switzerland who came up with it and we just thought it was a smart idea, um, which is um, we do a financial training for everyone in the company at least once a year. Pretty simple because it's a for-profit company. You need to understand the economics behind. Otherwise, how are you supposed to take decisions independently? So that, that's one part of the capability building. Everyone needs to understand how the company works economically. Otherwise, we probably would need to switch to not-for-profit or something like that, I guess. But anyway, so that's that, that's one really tangible part. I think the other thing is, um, what kind of decision-making processes do you have? Do you only know consensus or, or kind of autocratic decision-making? Is there anything else you know? So we're using a lot of consent decision-making, for example, right? So, so people need to get used to that. And I guess the other part, I don't know if it's really capability building, but one thing that, that we do see is many people joining us, obviously, um, from, let's just say, more traditional organizations, less autonomous teams. And it means there's a lot of unlearning that needs to happen, which mm -hmm. is true for, for myself as well. I mean, I've, I've been growing up in anything but autonomous teams. So so how, how is that unlearning happening? And, and it's just really helpful to have an external coach, I think, to work with somebody who's kind of holding up the mirror to, to make you reflect on these kind of things. Self-reflection is nice, but I'm, I'm always, I, so maybe I'm just a stupid, but I'm, I'm just not self-reflective enough, I guess. I, I, I just need a coach to help me on that stuff. And, and that's, I think, also an important one. Awesome. Thank you. That's really helpful. And I think um, I like that it's what you're, what you uh, offered is a lot more tangible than some of the folk, the, what we hear from other folks is like, oh, they need to be able to, you know, self-managing. Well, like, <laughs> break that down into what that means. Um, so thank you for that. Um, I kind of want to move to um, the pitfalls to look out for. And, and you talked about, you know, one situation where the autonomous team model was, uh, you know, <laughs> creating more problems than it was solving. Um, so yeah. what are some other pitfalls to look out for? Honestly, I think that's, that's one of the biggest pitfalls. Um, we could have kind of swung the pendulum back and say, let's go for normal kind of controlling hierarchical structures at, at that point in time. And, and honestly, I, I had thoughts about that myself, right? Um, but that's already the pitfall, I think. There will always be times where it's difficult. It, it, it's not like autonomous teams is the holy grail solving all of your problems. There's no challenges anymore. Suddenly, it's, it's all just glorious future. That's obviously not true. You will have the same business challenges. You will have the same issues that you had before. Uh, probably a bit of a different collaboration or conversation in the team, but, but but it's not like kind of magically your business problems are all solved and it's just going great. I and mean, that's that's not going to happen. And that is a typical pitfall. Is like 
as soon as the business is not going great, it is because of that autonomous team system, yeah. which, which obviously is not true, but that's, that's the easiest way to kind of blame the system in a way, because then it's not on me and it's not my accountability and that kind of stuff. So that's one thing I would say. And, um, and probably the, the other thing that I'm seeing a lot is, is coming back to leadership needs to let go kind of thing, which is I let go. And then suddenly I wonder why I'm, I'm, I'm perceived as being hands-off, being disinterested and, and just not being around anymore. And, and I think that's, that's the misperception is autonomous teams mean, doesn't mean no leadership. It doesn't mean no structure. It means a structure for empowerment versus a structure for controlling that you probably had before. And it is a leadership uh, to make people kind of flourish in that autonomous system versus there was a leadership or what I call management usually, which is focused on controlling and me knowing what's, what's going on. So I think that, that, that's a few of the misperceptions that, that will bring you to that pitfall place in a way. Hmm. That makes me think of, um, you've probably seen these. Uh, there's a couple of examples where some companies have kind of famously taken this concept maybe a little bit too far or didn't get it quite right and it backfired enormously and um i don't want to name any names but if listeners are interested just look up like holacracy fail and you'll see some <laughs> examples so i mean uh, a lot of people say autonomous teams are the way of the future but are they the way of the future for all businesses and all parts of the business or is there a line that we need to draw somewhere mm. So obviously you're talking to somebody who really believes in that stuff, right? So I would I would be saying it is probably the future. Um, it is not uh, useful in, in the same way as it is. I mean, for could be more useful for again companies or organizations or teams operating in a complex space. If it's mainly about I don't know, probably doing doing uh, doing something which is not quite right here, but bookkeeping is is, is for me something which is quite sequential. It, it's just a process that I need to follow. So the potential of, or, or the benefit that an autonomous team is providing is probably not too big. So would I apply it there? Maybe not. But the, but the other thing is, I think, which is, um, again, coming back, if you talk about these, these perceived failures there on, for example, holacracy, and, and I'm personally not a huge fan of holacracy, which is people take that system and, and kind of apply it. And with that, you especially feed the outer part of the work right it, it's about governance it's about structure it's about processes you many many people which is not the fault of the system but many people forget about the inner part of the journey which leads to these or to many of the holacracy failures i think personally which is you you have a bunch of co-founders like like myself or ourselves there uh, who are just not on that inner part of the journey um who, who are not investing in their in their development as an as an as a leader really um and then you create that kind of well, glorious thing on paper and what actually happens behaviorally is just completely different. And obviously you, you create that gap and, and that, that tension will, will definitely um, create something that you cannot really rescue anymore. So that's, that's one aspect of it, I think. And the other is again, coming back to the point of it will not solve your business problems. Right? It, it might enable you to, I don't know, react a bit quicker to COVID or be more adaptable to outside world changes. Yes, that probably it does, but it will not solve the problem that you have to sell your products. Other, otherwise, you don't have a company. And if you, if you I mean, there's, there's also that discussion that we had internally as well recently, which is, do we attract people kind of who are like happy family harmony type of people? And, and, and there's a tendency, I think, in that autonomous teams mm -hmm. world where, where there's these people who are, who are enjoying that. 
Yeah, but happy family is not enough. You need to sell. Right. Otherwise, you don't have a for for profit company. Full stop. So, so I think there's there's different aspects, and and yeah, just just Google holocracy failure or self <laughs> self self management failure. There's quite some interesting stories. I think many of it is uh, there's certain dynamics in the company, certain behaviors that are not in line with what you have on paper, and that's mm -hmm. that's then going downstream somewhere. Absolutely, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Tim. Is there any uh, last things you want to share with any folks who are um, maybe? Uh, thinking about uh, adding autonomous teams or expanding their autonomous teams? Mm. Maybe one thing that I'm, that I'm usually saying is uh, try to get away from these theoretical discussions. Could it maybe work or not or whatever? Because for most of us, including myself, it's, it's just too far away from what I've experienced the last decade or two in professional life. Mm. So I'd say just go do it, try it out and then figure out if it, if it works for you or maybe it doesn't. Um, and, and if not, then also fine. Right. But that's, I, I think making it tangible and kind of just do it would be the advice. Awesome. Yes. Just do it. I love it. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again, Tim. And uh, once again, I'm Mercy Harper. Thanks for joining us for this APQC podcast. Please go to apqc.org to learn more and have a great rest of your day.